take your copy of God's Word this morning, if you would, and go to the book of Proverbs and find the third chapter. I read this week about a school bus that pulls up to a high school, uh, some place in some community in some spot in America. I read about that this past week. You might be thinking, well, preacher, you need to broaden your reading a little bit because uh, that happens pretty much in every community and every place there are school buses pulling up to schools. Yes, but this bus was different. This was a special bus. Um, it's called the Choice Bus. The Choice Bus. And the Choice Bus, it, it exists to help people, especially students, to understand the power of their decisions and how their decisions right now impact their future. It's really a classroom on wheels. In a way, it, it, half the bus itself looks like a classroom, and the other half is different. Uh, the other half of this bus, it resembles a jail cell, and it's complete with iron bars, as you see. There are grim bunks, and there's a bare toilet. And organizers of the Choice Bus, they want to kind of encourage students not to drop out of school, but to stay into school and make good choices. And they show them that the, the power there is in their hands. Uh, you can make this choice and go this path. You can make a different choice and go a different path. It's a very powerful tool. As I looked at the picture of the choice bus, as I thought about this way they're using this bus, I got to thinking about the fact that really every one of us, we get on the choice bus every day. We get on the choice bus every day. In other words, we make our choices and then our choices turn around and our choices make us. I'm making the assumption today that the majority of people listening to me, you want to make good choices. And you want to enjoy the results of making good choices. In other words, you want to live wisely. You want to make good decisions and good, good choices. And I don't know if you figured this out yet or not. I think a lot of you have. But life is filled with decisions. Have you found that to be true? Life is filled with decisions. In fact, some of us right now are suffering from what they call decision fatigue. I don't know if you've ever heard that phrase or not, but decision fatigue is basically where you've made so many decisions, it's just that you're just at a point in your life where you feel like, I can't make any more decisions. I just don't have the ability. I don't have the desire. I don't have the energy to make any more decisions. And yet the problem is when you find yourself suffering from decision fatigue, the decisions still have to be made. But today I want to encourage all of us to make wise decisions, to live wisely, to make the best choices we can make, and hopefully enjoy the results of those good choices. Now we're going to be here, as I've said, in the book of Wisdom today in Proverbs chapter 3. And we're going to study what probably are the most famous Proverbs or verses from the book of Proverbs, certainly one of the best loved passages in Proverbs. I'm talking about Proverbs 3 5 and 6. Some of you may already have Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 marked in your Bible. Some of you have Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It might be memorized and you have it in your, your mind and you, you know those words by heart. You may have Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 displayed somewhere in your home, up on your wall. You may even have Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, that reference, underneath your biography or your bio on your social media. I mean, these are familiar verses. These are great verses. But today I want to ask the Holy Spirit if He would take and write Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 on our hearts. You see, if we're going to live wisely, if we're going to make good choices 
we're going to get off on the right stops on the choice bus, we're going to have to understand what Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 teaches us. And this promise that we have here uh, in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it's for believers. It's for those who know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And if you don't know Christ, I invite you today to come to Christ. As she was just playing, let me tell you about my Jesus. We would love to talk with you about Jesus. But today's message is for believers. And I want you to notice when you look at Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 that there are some conditions that are laid down, some conditions that are attached to this promise. You see it there in your Bible. If you don't have the Scripture in your hands, it's on the screen. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. We notice there that we're told some things that we're to do and then we're told something that God is going to do. I want to share with you this morning real quickly four words that will help you to live wisely. Four words that will help you to make good choices. And by the way, young people, you have to make a lot of choices. You make some of the most significant choices of your life while you're young. But it doesn't stop. There are continual choices. So we all need wisdom. We all need to know how to do this. We all need to know how to live wisely and make good choices. So there are four words that I want to give you based upon Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 that will help you to live wisely. You might want to jot them down. The first word is simply the word trust. The word trust. Now I think it makes sense to choose that word to share with you and to give you that word first because it is the word that comes first in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now notice here this word trust. They tell me in the literal, in the original language, there's the idea of lying helpless face down. That's the picture. It's absolute, total trust and dependence and leaning upon God. It says trust in the Lord, not halfway, not partway. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That means trust the Lord with your mind, your emotions, your will, everything you are and everything you have. You're to totally, absolutely, no holds barred, nothing reserved. Trust God with everything you are, everything you have. You're to lie helpless face down saying, I'm resting completely, I'm trusting totally upon the Lord. That's what it says. Now let me ask you, Christian, are you trusting God like that today? Are you trusting God like that? Are you absolutely, totally giving Him everything, nothing held back, nothing reserved, leaning, trusting completely upon Him? You trusting Him with your finances, your family, your future, your health, your children, your grandchildren, your home, your vehicles, your your career? Everything. In other words, you're totally trusting God in every area with everything that you have and everything that you are. I think a lot of us, if we were honest, we were honest. We'd say, you know, I trust God with some areas of my life like that. But there are some areas where I'm not really trusting Him like that. Bob Merritt made an important statement I want you to hear. He said, Is there an area in your life in which you need to trust in God with all your heart? Now listen, here's a clue. 
Usually the area in which you need to trust God the most is where you have the most fear. He said, what in your life do you fear the most? What do you worry about the most? What are you confused about the most? Because usually that's where your need to trust God the most is. Your greatest point of fear is your greatest need for trust. Now I want you to think about that in your life. What is it that you fear the most? What is it that keeps you up at night? What is it that you don't even try to think about because you know that when you think about it, it brings anxiousness to your heart. It brings, it brings fear that wells up inside of you. That is the point where you need to trust the Lord and give Him full trust. What is it for you? What are you fearful about today? As I was studying for this, I was reading and, and Ray Ortland told of stories, said one of his seminary professors told about his father who was crossing the Susquehanna River. And it was a winter day. And he didn't know how thick the ice was. And so, you've ever been out on a river or a lake and you're not sure how thick the ice is, you kind of approach that carefully, right? I mean, if you're you're smart, you kind of, you step very gingerly. In fact, he was so concerned about it, he's crossing the river, he's down on all fours, and he's gingerly feeling his way across, you know, nervous, scared to death that that ice is going to crack and he's going to be plunging to his death. And as he's kind of crawling across on all fours across the Susquehanna River, he hears a noise behind him, a clattering, a sound, a loud noise, and he looks back and there, here comes a wagon with four horses crossing that river and the drivers whipping the horses and they're just going across there. And you know why? Because that guy on the wagon, he was a local. And he knew how thick the ice was and he knew it was safe. He didn't have to cross on all fours. He'd go across with a wagon load with horses. And he made the point that too many Christians are like the man down on all fours, creeping along and cautious. And he says, their trust in the Lord is half-hearted. But then comes along a whole-hearted Christian and he changes the tone for everyone around him. And I wonder, how are you living your life? Are you, are you living for Christ there on all fours kind of gingerly? Oh, I hope nothing happens. Or are you there saying, I trust in the Lord. I'm going to get on the wagon. I'm going to go with Jesus. And I'm going to trust Him to take me across safely. How are you living well, maybe you say I'm struggling. Well, I'm glad you're here. And we've got three more words. And I want you to get the other three words. Because you might find, well, I've already failed on the first word. It makes this trust in the Lord with all your heart. And I've already messed up. Well, hang on. There's three more words coming that will help us with this word. The second word is the word submit. The word submit. I want you to look at the second part of verse 5. After he says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, he says what? And lean not on your own understanding. Now, here's the honest truth. Here's where the struggle really is. <laughs> you, you think that the struggles with the trust part, and, and that's the ultimate end goal, yes. And, and, but here's the real struggle many times. It, it's, it's we like to be in control. We want to figure it all out. We want to know where it's all going. We want to know how the story ends. We like to be in control. We like to have it all understood. We like to totally understand it. But the Lord here is clear. He says, don't lean, don't rely on, don't depend on your own understanding. Now, don't misunderstand. It's not a denial of your common sense. It's not a de- By the way, do you know common sense is not that common? But it's not a denial <coughs> of common sense. 
It's not a denial of your brain and, and the wit and the things that God has given you. It doesn't mean you're just an absolute buffoon and just ignore the brain that God has given you. It's the idea of depending on them fully. Don't lean on. Don't rely on. Don't trust in your own understanding. Instead, we're to do what? The first part of the verse, trust the Lord with all thine heart. Let me give you some Scripture. Proverbs twenty-eight twenty-six. The Bible says, He who trusts in his own heart, it's pretty strong, what's it say? Is a fool. But whoever walks wisely will be delivered. Jeremiah 9, 23, Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches. That sounds familiar, doesn't it, from today? But don't glory in your wisdom. Jeremiah 10, 23, O Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. And then Proverbs chapter 3, right here, verse 7, right after we read 3, 5, and 6, it says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It's not that we don't use the brains God's given us and the wisdom God has given us. We don't lean on that. We don't, we don't trust in it. We trust in the Lord. Why? Because we understand that our wisdom, our understanding is so limited and so lacking and God's is so great. In fact, God's is infinite. Look at Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts and your thoughts. He's saying, listen, your thoughts are not even in the same ballpark of my thoughts. You're not even in the same universe. We can't even hold a candle to the Lord. He says in Romans 11, 33 and 34. Well, that sounds familiar too, doesn't it? Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments and His ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has become His counselor? I mean, who tells God what to do? Nobody. God doesn't need our counsel. God doesn't turn around and say to somebody, I mean, what do you think we ought to do? No, He doesn't. Die. He's absolutely perfect in His wisdom. And we need to submit to His wisdom. If we're going to live wisely, if we're going to make good choices, we've got to submit to the Lord's wisdom and realize that our wisdom is not sufficient. Now, this is not always easy. You know why? Because God's instructions, they don't always make sense from a human standpoint. Just think about Bible stories. Abraham, you're going to have a descendant, an heir. Look out at the stars and you're going to have all these. And we know Abraham and they have Isaac. Wait, all that time have Isaac. And then what does God tell him to do with Isaac? Go and sacrifice Isaac on the mount. But that didn't make sense. We think about the Bible story of Joshua. Joshua, there it is. Jericho, this great city. You need to go conquer that city and take the promised land. And here's how I want you to do it. March around the wall. Seven days. Seventh day, march around with it seven times and then shout. Well, that didn't make sense. Gideon! Your army's too big. Narrow it down more. No, it's still too big. Narrow it down some more. Now take, take this stuff with you, picture. That doesn't make sense. Elijah! 
There's a widow in Zarephath who will keep you alive, give you food. Well, that didn't make sense. Do you see where I'm going with this? Here's where we struggle because God's instructions, they don't make sense a lot of times from a human standpoint. I mean, does the Christian life even make sense? Give your life totally to Christ. Don't live for the world. Don't live for the things of the world. Go to church on Sunday mornings where you could be out golfing or sleeping in or watching TV. Give a tithe and offering when you could buy a new car. I mean, this stuff doesn't make sense. If we look at it from a human standpoint, we've got to walk by faith and not by sight. Howard Culberson talked about his training to get his private pilot's license. And he had to learn what was called blind flying. And blind flying is where you practice maneuvers aloft using only the instruments and not looking out the windows. And he said, the first time I was preparing to take off with my instructor to do some instrument flying, he warned me not to rely on my physical sensations aboard the aircraft. Instead, to use the instruments. He said, we took off from Wiley Post Airport in Bethany, Oklahoma, and the instructor instructor had me put on a special hood. And because of this hood, for the next half hour or so, my vision, all I could see was the instrument panel. And I had to fly by the instrument panel. And he said the vibrations of the plane and the engine noise and the unevenness of the outside air all combined to tell my senses that that little Cessna 150 was doing things that the instruments denied were happening. And for a half hour or so, he had to force himself to fly by the instruments and not fly by sight, not fly by looking out the window. He said instrument flying is an art. It takes intense concentration and complete trust in that panel of instruments. But unfortunately, pilots are like most human beings, inclined to trust themselves. There are stories of inexperienced pilots who unexpectedly found themselves in clouds, forced to fly by instruments, and they begin to trust their physical sensations more than the instruments. And they would come out of those clouds literally upside down, convinced that they were flying right side up. In other words, if you don't trust the instruments, you can end up getting yourself and those with you killed. It's an apt picture of the Christian life at times. We have to trust the instruments. We have to trust the Word of the Lord. We have to fly by faith and not by sight. We have to submit to the fact that our wisdom is not sufficient. Two words, trust, submit. Now quickly, words three and four. The third word is focus. Focus. The beginning of verse six says what? In all your ways, acknowledge him. Talking about the Lord. It's mentioned in verse five. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. That is the Lord. When it says acknowledge there, it's more than a tipping of the hat. It's more than a passing thought. Acknowledge here as the idea of getting to know God, of knowing God, uh, intimate knowledge of God. It includes knowing God and obeying God and, and considering Him. I said focus. Why? Because that's, that's the idea I think it has here. In other words, as we're going through life, we consider God, we focus on God in every decision we make. Now what happens is we like to, um, we like to look at things and say, well, I think I can do this on my own. 
And we forget to consider God. We forget to acknowledge God. One of the reasons we have a hard time trusting God is because we don't know God the way we ought to know God. We pulled out verses 5 and 6, but you back up to verses 1 and 4. Look at what it says. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tables of your tablets of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. In other words, fill your life with the Word of God, the direction of God, considering God, acknowledging God, thinking about God. And then he says in verses 5 and 6, Trust the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him. Think about Him. And so we have to think about that as we go through life. We make so many decisions and we make decisions like an atheist. Practical atheist. We don't think about God. Is this what God would have me do? Have I prayed about this? I want to buy something significant of value. Do I take the time to pray and ask the Lord? I want to go to a certain place. I want to change jobs. I want to do whatever it might be. Do we ever take time to acknowledge God? To ask God to consider God. If we're going to live wisely, we've got to focus on God. So trust, submit, focus. Now we get to the point where we're told what God's going to do. And so as I thought about a word to give to us, I think the most logical word is the word follow. Because this is a response to what God is going to do. Look at the verse, the end of verse 6. What, is this, what does it say? It says, And He shall direct your paths. Your translation may have something like that. He will make your paths straight. That, that's the idea there. The idea is God is going to make your path straight as opposed to the crooked and a perverse path of the wicked. But it's also the idea of him making your path straight. That is removing the obstacles, smoothing the way, removing the barriers in life. In other words, God will get you where you need to be. God will give you direction. God will guide you along the way you ought to go. The Scripture talks about this in Psalm 37, verse 5. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him and what? He shall bring it to pass. Proverbs 16.3, commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. So if you look at this promise, God says, listen, trust with all your heart. Don't trust your own wisdom and understanding. Consider, acknowledge, focus on me in everything, all of your life. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to direct your path. I'm going to put you on the right path. I'm going to guide your path. I'm going to remove barriers. I'm going to make your path smooth and straight. But that does not mean, listen, it does not mean the path is easy. doesn't mean it's easy. He's not saying you won't have any more problems. We've already established that many, many times. Following God will bring more problems in your life. It doesn't mean you won't be tested because you will be tested. The idea here is God's going to make sure that you end up where you're supposed to be. He will direct you. He will guide you. You look at Abraham's life. He went out not knowing where he was going to a city God promised him. All kinds of challenges, testing, trials, all that. But in the end, he got to where God wanted him to be. We see it over and over again in the Scripture. He will guide our path, but we have to trust. We have to submit. We've got to focus on God.
What a promise. What a promise. So many believers are living life trying to figure it out as they go along. That's not living wisely. Living wisely goes to the Lord. If you're going to be wise, you go to the Lord and say, Lord, I can't figure it out. I don't know. I'm weak. I'm needy. I'm but dust. And Lord, I've got decisions that I've got to make and I don't know what to do. But I want to do what You want me to do. And I trust, I really believe that Your will and Your way is perfect. I really believe that Your wisdom is perfect. I know You see all things. I know You consider all things. I know You think about things and You see things that I don't even know about that even exist. And so, Lord, I trust You. And I'm not going to walk by sight. Would You please help me to walk by faith? To fly by the instruments? And Lord, help me to focus on You in every area of life. Help me to consider You when it comes time to retire. Don't let me lean on my own wisdom. Let me come to You and say, Lord, do You want me to do that? When it's time to consider changing a job, don't let me go on my own. Let me come to You, Lord. And say, Lord, what would You have me to do? That's living wisely. You're saying, well, I'm not in control. Can I just tell you something very important? You've never been in control and you'll never be in control. Control is an illusion. God is in control. And we get anxious and upset because we think, oh, I'm out of control. You've never been in control. And neither have I. (laughs) And, 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 And if nothing else, I mean, can COVID not teach that to us at least? We're not in control. And I don't like it anymore than you do. I'm type A, plan it out, get it done! But I can't get it done. Because I'm not in control. Let me ask you in closing three questions. Are you trusting the Lord with all your heart? I mean, literally. What area is it? What are you fearful of? What are you afraid of? That's the area where you're not really trusting the Lord. Number two, have you given up leaning on your own understanding? Have you just acknowledged, said, listen, I I don't know, I don't know. There's a tremendous peace if you'll do that. (laughs) Number three, do you consider God in all of your ways? See, the first person you think of when a decision has to be made. See, the first one you consult when you need wisdom. See, the first thought in whatever you have to do to say, I wonder what the Lord would have me do. I wonder what the Lord thinks about this. I wonder what the Lord would say about this. If you want to live wisely, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. Father, help us to do this. 
Help us to live this way, considering You, trusting You, following You, leaning on You. Help us, Lord, to do Thy will. Help us to live wisely for Your glory. Bless this invitation, I pray. Get glory to Yourself in it. In Jesus' name, Amen. We're not going to tarry today, but I do want to give you an opportunity to respond. 515. You want to live wisely, the first thing you need to do is trust Christ as your Savior. But then if you've settled that, maybe God has put His finger on something in your life today. The altar is open. I'm here. Pastor Larry's here. We'd love to welcome you, pray with you if we can. But let's stand together and sing closing 515, Trusting Jesus. Oh,